Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge story of ruining somebody's sister's life. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, homie duped her friends off their money, so we crashed their wedding. One of my friends in our large friend group had a business idea after school that we all jumped in on. Her name is Catherine. She was like the least ambitious of us all. On campus, all of us started our businesses and we tried to get her to join in with us, but she was always like, there's things cut out for some people and some things not cut out for them. Not everyone will be an entrepreneur and stuff. We accepted that, but then during breaks and long holiday periods, we also tried to get her to apply for job internships or junior roles, but she also won't. Her excuses were something like, they need someone more qualified, I can't juggle school and work, I'm too busy to get a job this holiday. At some point, it started getting obvious to us that she just was not ready. On one occasion, our mutual friends and I joined in on telling her that she had given the same not qualified excuse for so long. Someone who really wanted it would have sucked it up and gotten the necessary qualifications by then, but not Catherine. She preferred to live off her parents' money with no plans for securing a future for herself. We all knew that the end of the road was ultimately going to be ugly, but there was another consolation she had, her rich boyfriend Mark. Mark knew Catherine's family. Mark was just what her parents wanted for her and she loved him so much. There was no doubt that she was going to be the first of us to get married after school. As for me, I was planning to further my education by getting a master's degree. My friend Kennedy was going to go into her dry cleaning business, Lola was becoming a chef, and Benedicta found an opening in a marketing agency. There were more of us, but not to be mentioned here. You might be wondering why a couple of achievers like us hung out with someone like her. Well, it wasn't really a thing then to cut people off, and she was our friend long before we started becoming ambitious in college. Anyway, the idea was that she would get married to her rich boyfriend, and that would be the end of her friends bothering her about making money for herself. Well, graduation day came and we said our goodbyes. Some of us traveled back to the countries we came from to study, and others moved away to live in newer locations. We stayed in touch with each other. I bagged my degree and other business owners started to make waves in their industry. Video calls were more or less about us ranting about adult life comparing the life we had on campus to what we had now, and arguing about which of us had life better. Catherine was never about that life. While some of us were coming back to the group chats with news about her new restaurant opening, new houses, new cars, new man, Catherine was always taking pictures in fancy places. Pictures of her by herself in Paris, and when they went together to Dubai, flooded our group chats. It was like Caddy was trying to prove to us that she didn't need to be hard-working like the rest of us to be affluent in life. Finally, Mark proposed to her. He was a gentleman, so nobody was surprised. He could not have dated her that long to leave her hanging. Truly, what all of us were waiting for was the news, and we had it. So it came down to us asking Catherine when the wedding will be and where it'll be held. Somehow, Caddy, who used to be so vibrant and responsive in the group chat, came off as busy and totally ghosting us. 
Naturally, we assumed it was all because of the wedding preparations. A girl has to choose her dress, pick a hall, and organize things with her event planner. But still, no one knew the date of her wedding. It took weeks, but later Catherine came online again. And instead of replying to the messages we left her in the group, she went to each one of us privately. Apparently, she had a new business idea. My concern was reasonable. Was this business idea so important that it trumped all the other questions we had about her wedding? Was it that serious? If the business idea weighed higher than the wedding and Catherine's scale, then it's two things. Either the scale is broken, or Catherine went through a life-changing turn of events that reorientated her mind. It turned out to be the second one. Honestly, we're still not sure what made Catherine want to get a job. It had to be connected to the wedding. Someone said that Mark was not willing to pay for the expensive wedding that she desired. Another person said that she checked the financial demands on a growing family and realized that if she wanted to have kids, she had to reduce her lifestyle. That was traumatizing enough. But from our calculations, Mark's income alone should have been able to sustain their family. Something else was up. Something that was our inherent fear. It has not yet been confirmed, but we believe that Mark dropped in ranks where he worked as his pay was not quite high as it was before. This kind of woke Catherine up to the reality she had to face because the wedding was soon and it had to be perfect just like she already imagined it to be. So Catherine started a thrift clothes business where she sold classic dresses, palazzo pants, chiffon tops, and work blazers to chic women. Many of her clothes were on the expensive side, but since we were supporting our friend and most of what she sold were incredibly fashionable, we decided to buy some things from her. However, Catherine and the shop business were a little different. There were things that were on pre-order and we could only get the things we bought if we pre-ordered them. To help out, I bought some gowns, shoes, jackets, and camisoles, all totaling to the amount of 60 US dollars. I know people who bought up to 105 US dollars or even 200 dollars. Come on, this was our friend, and she was finally doing the business we so much wanted her to do. Plus, whether she came clean or not, we understood that they needed the money. So, Catherine posted some pictures, and as she posted them, we could choose the ones that we wanted and forward our invoice to her with our desired sizes and colors. Obviously, to get her more customers, all our friends forwarded these pictures, as many as we could, to all the people we knew. We pushed her young business like it was ours. Now, this is where the real problem started. From if it was left at just a friendship circle thing, we could have easily let go. But this was more. Others had reordered and sent their money and Catherine had told us to do. We were excited to help and proud that we could get a number of women to participate too, but sometimes your good ideas turn out to be bad ideas. When it was time for the shipment to be made and for the goods to be delivered as promised, Catherine came up with so many excuses as to why her goods had not yet been delivered. A month turned into two. It wasn't getting clear that we were going to get those goods that we ordered. But I had colleagues, neighbors, and relatives on my neck asking me about my friend's business. When were they going to get their clothes? Apart from me, others also had people to deal with, paying customers who had given their money to receive their goods. How are we supposed to disappoint them all? Catherine went awfully quiet. She wasn't responding to any of us. We started having conference calls just because of her to know who had finally reached out to her and gotten a response. Poor Mark, too. He wasn't out of this, but he assured us to get Catherine to respond to us, but the chick was too afraid to face us one-on-one. What happened may be any of these few things, 
Her lack of exposure in business finally caught up with her, because she needed to learn that it's not everyone you meet that you can do business with. It was probably the business of a fraudster, and now he had all the money and he disappeared. Or it was that Catherine herself was the fraudster, and she was holding onto our money somewhere, knowing she was never going to release the goods. Or it could actually really be delayed goods. Or maybe the ship sank. Whatever, just anything to get our money back, or at least the dresses. Weeks passed again, and I don't know what others started telling their friends and families so that they would loosen their tight grip on our necks. I felt very much betrayed, embarrassed, and foolish. This was the same with everyone who tried to help her. Others were going on and on about how helping people has always been a bad idea. I think at this point, everyone gave up on Catherine and her boyfriend Mark. She definitely knew that one day the noise would go down, and after that, she could come out okay again. Well, as for me, I genuinely forced myself to forget about it. I knew Catherine was fine, and would be fine in the end, so I had to mind my business and leave her to mind hers. There were speculations that she had duped her entire family and friends so that there wasn't even one person left to invite her to her wedding, so they did it small. That was how we liked to joke amongst ourselves. Surprisingly, one of those days, we heard about Catherine's destination wedding. It wasn't going to happen in the States, or in one of those very expensive, exclusive, mouth-watering weddings, but it was going to take place back in her African home. The person who shared it in our group chat made fun of her that they would finally have to go small, but I knew that these African weddings would cost her nothing less than a couple of million. If it first started as a joke, someone brought up the idea of crashing in and causing a scene. I remembered that in all the Nigerian weddings I'd seen, a lot of money was being thrown around. We could each count our money back and get our specific amounts each. Some liked my idea. Others just thought it would be better to actually crash the wedding and bring everything down because Catherine didn't deserve any of it. Whatever our various reasons were, we all found ourselves buying plane tickets to travel to Nigeria. We found out the exact date and time of the wedding. We booked a hotel very close to the venue and everything was set. Catherine thought she was so sneaky by not telling us about her wedding. We stood by her through everything on campus, but because she messed up, that was her way of saving herself from us. Come on, we were originally supposed to be the bridesmaids. Mark knew this, but he was still letting the wedding go on without us. He knew his wife was a fraud, and he also never talked to us about the money we had lost. So any last strand of pity for them had left me long enough. I was not in Nigeria to have a civil conversation. We were there to make sure the wedding was not a success, and we were going to do it the hard way. I don't know how Kennedy got his passes into the place. Security in these weddings are always top-notch, but we got one ticket, and that was how all that mattered. Catherine was going to have one of the worst evenings of her life to remember for the rest of her days. We were there too early, so we stayed parked in our car, under the tree, for fear that someone might remember us. There were four of us in the car, representing a larger number of six girls. It remained the goal to interrupt the wedding, whether or not we could get our compensation, just as long as Catherine cried for what she did to us. We waited for quite a while. It had to be when the couple had entered inside and dancing was going on in the party that we sneaked in, got to the mic, and ended the whole thing. Someone even talked about wrecking the cake, others about taking gifts with us, but I think that would have been criminal. So we did as planned. Catherine had a live stream going on. It was streamed on all her social media platforms. 
She probably thought that we, her friends, were back in our different countries, watching as she thought she could make us furious with a few pics on IG too about their traditional wedding pictures. Unfortunately, her wedding was only a secret to no one. When we saw that it was time for the bride and groom to dance in, we got ourselves ready. Relatives and friends danced around them spraying wads of cash. We stepped down from the car, fully adorned in our Nigerian attires, makeup, nails, hair, everything. Two of us marched to the stage, while the other two of us went to pick up as many notes of cash could be found on the floor. The look of dismay on Catherine's face was to die for. Even Mark stopped dancing. The music stopped, and when I got to the mic, I told everyone to stay clear of us. We were not party crashers. We were her original bridesmaids, who she duped and ran away to Nigeria with our money to have her wedding. We were there to recover everything back and to make everyone know that they were celebrating with a fraudulent couple. The mothers and aunties started to beg. Catherine was crying. I ended my speech with, well, happy married life. This is the speech from the original bridesmaids. The whole party was too stunned to speak. Everyone was too frozen to stop us until someone called security. Maybe it was Mark, but that was his mistake. We could have gone without causing too much damage, but when the security showed up, we started resisting. Objects were broken and the party crashed completely. People started running home for their safety. The gift table was overturned. If there was any gift remaining there that wasn't broken, Catherine was very lucky. Well, anyway, we were able to bribe these men and we left scot-free. Back to the Instagram Live and other streaming channels, the comments there were so hilarious. The wedding had to end on that note, and Catherine? Well, she came back to us to ask for our forgiveness. How much do you guys want to bet that Catherine came back asking for their forgiveness, but still didn't want to give any of the money back? Probably was also like, well I spent it all on that wedding that you ruined. As if anybody's going to take them back and be friends with her after all that. That said, our next story is, I accidentally ruined my sister's life. Nothing hurts quite like betrayal from family. The closer you are, the more heartbreaking it is. When my sister decided to stab me in the back, the pain was worse than anything I've ever felt in my life. What hurts more is the guilt I continue to feel for my retaliation. I should provide some more context for this. Well, how about I just start f- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. From the beginning, Deborah and I were more than just siblings. We were best friends. There was almost nothing we didn't share or talk about. I always had her back and she always had mine. There was almost nothing I wouldn't do for my kid's sister. I remember having to deal with a fair number of her classmates who thought it was a good idea to bully her. It was this annoying clique headed by the silly girl Maddie who was jealous of my sister for beating her at the school spelling bee and then made the decision that she'd make my sister's life a living heck. She and her posse started taunting her and leaving all sorts of messages in her bag and locker. Debbie decided that she wouldn't tell anyone about it, even me. She thought she could just deal with it and that soon, Maddie and her crew would leave her alone. As is the case with bullies, silence only enables them more, and soon they got emboldened enough to actually attack her physically. Even then, all she told me was that Maddie was being annoying. It wasn't until her grades began to slip and her usually vibrant energy began to wane that I discovered that whatever it was she was racing with Maddie, it was certainly more than just being annoying. So I decided to figure out what was going on myself. I paid a guy in her class 10 bucks to tell me what I wanted to know. When I finally found out what was going on, I was livid. No one, absolutely no one bullied my sister and got away with it. So I decided to get back at the girls. I, too, started to drop creepy notes in Maddie's locker. Obviously, Maddie and her friends suspected that it was Debbie, but they just couldn't prove it. Then one day, I found out that one of Maddie's friends, a short, sticky girl named Anna, lived close to our home. I snuck over one evening, stole their little Pomeranian puppy, and then left a note stating that if she and her friends didn't stop what they were doing, the little pup might get to see his maker very soon. Obviously, I wasn't going to do anything to the dog, I'm not a monster. However, Anna seemed to get the message, and soon Maddie and her clique suddenly stopped bullying my sister. I returned the pup after a week. It wasn't just me looking out for her though. When I first started dating, I was with this girl named Akua. I was completely enamored, and in my mind I considered myself extremely lucky to be with her. There was almost nothing she asked me to do that I didn't do. At the time, I thought that I'd found the love of my life. I had started thinking of how we'd be together forever and how I'd tell our children that their mother and I had been high school sweethearts. Everything seemed to be going swell and I was quite happy in the relationship. However, Debbie felt something was off. When she spoke to me about it, I dismissed it as her being overprotective. But the feeling seemed to persist. She started to try to get what made her feel like Akua was bad for me. Try as she did, she just couldn't put a finger to it. However, during summer vacation, she decided to take a dance class. Well, it turns out that Akua was also taking the dance class, and so they got to spend a bit of time together. 
At first, because of her skepticism, Debbie was untrusting of her and was trying to figure her out. However, they soon started to get a little close and even hung out together a few times. One day though, Debbie decided to go through Akua's phone. She claimed that it was a final test to see if Akua was really someone she could trust to be with me. What she found was that, apparently, my girlfriend had another boyfriend. In fact, it seemed like I was the side piece and she was only with me because of all the perks she got from me. When Debbie told me about it, I was in so much denial I didn't speak to her for days. But then I really started to think about it. It was true. Akua was only really affectionate when she wanted to ask for a favor. I confronted her about it and eventually broke up with her. Honestly, I dodged a big bullet and it was all thanks to my sister. Now, I'm sure you're probably thinking, well, things seem to be going well between you and your sister, so where did it all go wrong? Well, to tell you about that, I'll have to go forward a decade after the whole situation with Akua when I was a 24-year-old struggling veterinarian. I had just finished with college and I got a job as an intern at a local vet hospital. The pay wasn't impressive or anything, but at least I wasn't starving. I had this whole plan of how I'd develop myself over the next few years. Debbie, on the other hand, had skipped college altogether and had gotten a job as a bartender. To the best of my knowledge, she was doing just fine. I made sure we got to see each other at least once a week. Sometimes I went over to her workplace and tried to make small talk while she worked. Most times, though, we went out to see a movie or to visit our parents or occasionally have lunch. It was pretty good. Things were just fine till things started to change for me. First, I got a new job. It was a full-time role and it was more demanding than my previous role. It also paid way better. However, the hours were pretty long and so I didn't have as much time as I did before. This meant that I went from seeing Debbie at least once every week to seeing her once every other week. Debbie let me know immediately that she was a little jealous of the fact that work was taking so much time. She also mentioned that she was also worried that I was overworking myself, but I assured her that I was fine. Then I met someone new, Camila. Camila was extremely sweet and I fell in love almost instantly. There was just something about her that made her so lovable. There wasn't a person who met Camila who didn't like her. Well, except for Debbie. At first, she claimed that, just like with my high school girlfriend Akua, something just didn't seem right with her. I was actually worried about this, as Debbie's intuition was usually right, and so I started to wonder if I truly had made the right decision by choosing to be with Camilla. I started to observe her cautiously, but I stayed with her. Between work and spending time with Camilla, Debbie and I got to spend less time together. Well, at least physically. I made sure I still called often, and we even used FaceTime a lot. Debbie continued to subtly complain about me not spending as much time with her as I used to. I didn't really think that that was an issue. I mean, we were grown up and that was a part of the process, right? You move on with your lives and start to have less time for certain people and more time for other people. I love my sister, but I simply could not be available whenever she wanted me to be, and that was just part of life. I figured she'll get over it all soon enough. Debbie, however, had a different plan. I never assumed that I'd ever get to experience craziness like I was about to experience from Debbie. No one ever thinks that they'd be the victim of a jealous loved one. You read about and watch stuff like that and think, well that'll never be me. How can someone be so close to a psychopath? Well, just like my sister, sometimes these people are just regular folks you've known and loved for years. It's kind of hard to think that they'd be capable of anything like that. I was about to find out the hard way. It started with random anonymous texts to my girlfriend. 
Camilla could not figure out why she kept getting messages with things like, leave him alone and you're not the only one. Obviously she talked to me about it. She was concerned that I was probably cheating and that the person I was cheating on her with was the one who kept sending her the messages. We spoke and I assured her that I wasn't messing around with anyone else. I even went as far as to give her access to my messages and call log just to prove the point. She blocked the numbers that were texting her and for a while it was relatively quiet. I kept wondering who could have been responsible for the messages. It certainly could have been a prank. The whole point of a prank was to be funny and it usually didn't go on for that long. It seemed apparent that someone somewhere was trying to ruin my relationship. Who? I couldn't tell. What was more puzzling than who, though, was why. Who would benefit from having my girlfriend break up with me? A jealous ex? Some hidden arch rival somewhere I didn't know? I couldn't tell. I never once suspected Debbie, though. Debbie decided to go too far, though. She figured that since her plan to ruin my relationship didn't work, why not try to attack my career? I mean, if I was unemployed, I'd have plenty of time to spend with her, right? I mean, why bother about the implications it would have to my finances and mental health? So she again started to send messages to my boss, accusing me of all sorts. Debbie, through anonymous messages, claimed that I had SA'd multiple women in college and I'd never gotten the justice that I deserved. Now, a claim like this is a pretty serious one, and so my boss decided that it'll be best to bring me in for questioning. When she asked me about the accusations she had heard of, I obviously denied it. My parents had brought me up well and taught me about gender-based crime and how to be a good man by being decent. I had never once essayed a woman in my entire life. As a matter of fact, I had once gotten into a fight in high school when a drunk football player tried to get handsy with a girl from my class and she said no. The accusations were baseless and I insisted on my innocence. I had no negative school or police record and I told her that if someone was alleging that I'd done something as awful as that, they should come with some sort of proof. I quickly realized that whoever it was that was sending my boss these false accusations was probably the same person trying to ruin my relationship. I was worried. I started to get a bit paranoid, concerned that there was someone out there who was trying to get me. Needless to say that this greatly affected my quality of life and even my relationship a bit. I had to start seeing a therapist. Then one day I got the bright idea to use a private investigator services to figure out who was repeatedly attacking me so I could at least get some closure. It took a while, but eventually I got bold enough to actually do it. It took the PI just a week to find out who was responsible. In that week, I was very nervous. I kept thinking, what if it's someone really close to me? I kept wondering which one of my friends could be mad enough at me to try and ruin my life. Again, I never once suspected Debbie. The PI came back with his findings. Debbie was responsible for it all. I was more confused than anything else. Why would she try to hurt me like that? What was the whole point of it all? My confusion turned into anger really quickly and I was determined to give her a taste of her own medicine. I anonymously submitted a report to the police alleging that Debbie was a part of a drug trafficking ring. I expected that the police would show up, give her a bit of a scare, and that after that I could tell her that I was responsible and warn her against attacking me. However, things escalated a little more than I expected. When the police raided her home, she had tried to put up a fight thinking that she was being robbed. A police officer had tackled her and pinned her to the ground, breaking a rib and dislocating her knee in the process. 
She spent a week in the hospital and two extra months recovering from her injuries. She lost her job too, as if that wasn't bad enough. Even though the police had not found anything incriminating in her home, the police officer who tackled her received no repercussion for his actions. Honestly, I feel a little guilty about what happened to her. I haven't been able to tell anyone that I was responsible for what had happened to Debbie. Even my girlfriend doesn't know. Sometimes I wonder if I should let her know that it was me and I was sorry about it all. But I worry that if I ever told her, it'll be so big an issue that she'd cut me off completely. I did, after all, ruin her life. On the plus side, after that incident, Debbie did seem to be more open about me not having time for her like before. In fact, she started to become good friends with Camila. It has me wondering if maybe my action wasn't so bad. Maybe it was a good thing I hurt my sister so much. Honestly, I'm impressed. After all that had gone on and you realize how mental and the lengths of which your sister's going to to try to get your time and attention, that you would even entertain hanging around them or acknowledging them for a while. Like, I feel like you'd have to see them go to therapy and take like a year away from this person before you'd start feeling like, okay, maybe we can start connecting again. I mean, a person like this, what if they just relapse on their need for your attention? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.